0: Hello, I'm Mercedes and you're listening to episode 243 of Chat Disney. Welcome back, the warmest of welcome backs to the Chat Disney podcast. I have been a little bit AWOL for a while. I apologize for that, my life has quite literally been turned upside down with the arrival of my baby son. So I apologise, but I am back for today's episode and I'm going to be talking about a subject that's really, really dear to my heart and I know it's something that is a very hot topic and something that probably appeals to quite a lot of our listeners as I know lots of you are based in the UK and do make frequent trips to Disneyland Paris so that's going to be our focus for today's episode. We're going to be taking a look at Disneyland Paris in 2024, what you can expect to see in the park next year. There's been a bunch of news which we have covered on the Chat Disney podcast in subsequent weeks but we really want to go into detail about it, unpack what is going to be changing, what you can expect from a 2024 Disneyland Paris trip and I'm going to be talking about my next Disneyland Paris trip as well in early 2024 so I'm really really excited for today's episode but before we head into all of that excitement I'm going to hand over to my lovely co-host Tash for some weekly news.
1: So kicking off with Walt Disney World news today, and I am very excited because it is beginning to look a lot like Christmas over in our American parks. And in Walt Disney World, in the Magic Kingdom, the Christmas decorations have officially arrived. And this week on November the 9th, Mickey's very Merry Christmas party is beginning and tickets have pretty much sold out for that now. Um, Also, really excitingly, this year there is going to be a brand new nighttime projection show entitled Frozen Holiday Surprise. Really, really exciting. In other Christmas news with Magic Kingdom as well, Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas Time parade has actually been added to the official Magic Kingdom operating hours cal- calendar during regular park hours on November the 12th. Now, usually the parade is only available to see at the Mickey's Very Merry Christmas party. So at the moment, people are unsure whether this is an error or if it's to be in line with the production of ABC's Disney holiday special for this year. So yeah, if it is going to be in the day on that day and you happen to be going on November the 12th and you're not going to Mickey's very merry Christmas party then congratulations you get to see the Mickey's once upon a Christmas time parade anyway And finally, concluding the Christmas news at Disney World, the life-size gingerbread house is taking shape at the Grand Floridian Hotel. Now this is the iconic gingerbread house that is famous to the Grand Floridian, and it is set to open in a couple of days' time on November the 8th. So check social media, I'm sure there will be lots of images of it once it has been completed. Heading over to Epcot and we've also had our first glimpse of Luminous the Symphony of Us which is the new nighttime spectacular um, which is coming on I believe it's December the 5th Disney released a sneaky behind-the-scenes look at this, um, and it was to it was the recording session for this soundtrack. So we've had a little bit of a look at the music, um, and I did read that the soundtrack is going to be featuring "So Close" from *Enchanted*, which is one of my all-time favorite songs to be included in in a Disney movie. So yeah, I'm very very excited. I mean, I'm not going to Epcot anytime soon, so I will definitely have to watch spoiler bids for this online. And finally, concluding the news at Walt Disney World today, an Asher meet and greet is now available at Epcot at the gazebo near the entrance to the World Showcase. Who is Asha? you may ask? Well, she is the new lead from Disney's Wish, which is still not going to be released for another couple of weeks yet. Um, which, the fact that they've already got her available for meet and greet really shows just how much hype Disney are creating for this movie and their expectations of how well it is going to do at the box office. So it makes me even more excited to see it in a few weeks' time when it comes to cinemas here. Heading over to Disneyland Paris for some news today, and cast members were recently invited to join a cast exclusive event at the Walt Disney Studios Park, and the event was entitled Disney Cast Life, an evening of celebrations, and it was basically to celebrate the past, the present, and the future of the resort, Um, and in particular, the end of the 30-year celebrations. They had things like special meet and greets, they had a dance party, and a special drone show as well. And that pretty much concludes everything that has been happening in the world of Disney this week. We're now going to move on to the main part of the episode talking all about Disneyland Paris for 2024.
0: so much for that Tash. Lots of news, lots of goodness happening in the world of Disney and we are now going to talk about our main topic for today, Disneyland Paris in 2024. So as I teased in the intro of today's episode, I'm super excited because I do have my next Disneyland trip booked and I'm going to be going to Disneyland Paris in February 2024. So not very long at all 3 months actually when this episode goes out which is super super soon and i absolutely can't wait. So before we start talking a little bit about Disneyland Paris in 2024 and what you can expect to see if you're going to be making the voyage over to France, i'll tell you a little bit about my trip. So this is going to be my son and 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 well my my newfound family's first ever Disneyland trip which is a really really exciting thing. It's a super momentous occasion for myself, my family, my husband, who, as you'll know, if you're a longtime Chat Disney listener, is a little bit of a self-proclaimed Disney hater. We affectionately nickname him Grumpy, but even still, I can tell he's really, really excited about our baby's first trip to Disneyland Paris. I can confidently say to you that there was absolutely no hesitancy at all when it came to making the sacrifice taking the credit card out and entering those all important details into the Disneyland Paris booking website so we're all on board and really really excited for what's going to be a really big milestone for our family so the trip's taking place in February, as I said, early February 2024. My son will be almost six months. He'll be five months old when we go. Um, and yeah, so he'll be a really, really good age. He's already smiling and babbling, which is Amazing, it's so nice to actually get something back from these cute little affectionate bundles. And at that point, you know, he's gonna be sitting up, he's gonna be laughing, he's gonna be giggling, he's gonna be engaging with the world around him a little bit more. So it felt like a really good age to take him to Disneyland Paris for the first time. Now, if you are considering taking a baby to Disneyland Paris anytime soon, or any Disney park or resort for that matter, we did actually cover what it's like traveling to Disneyland with a baby last uh, year. Oh, this year, sorry. It was earlier this year when Tash took her son, Theo, to Disneyland Paris for the first time. And in that episode, listeners, we discovered that Tash, by her own admission, would do things a little bit differently if she was going to take a baby again. She said that when Theo went, he was one. And actually, this is gonna sound quite shocking, but she said he was a little bit too old and that actually in hindsight, she would either take a small baby that wasn't yet walking or she would take a toddler because unfortunately, and a lot of parents talk about this on the internet, it's quite a widespread opinion. That age between kind of nine months and 18 months is a little bit of a challenging one when it comes to travel, because this is when the babies are on the go, they're starting to crawl, starting to walk, they're exploring, they do not want to be strapped into a buggy, queuing is something that they're going to find very tedious, you know, gone are the days where you can just chuck them in the baby carrier and they'll fall asleep on you but they're not quite, you know, 2 3 years old where they're old enough, mature enough to actually engage and, and and get excitement out of a Disneyland holiday. So, if you're somebody who's going to Disney resorts lots and lots and lots and you're going to have the opportunity to take children when they're older but you just want to get that baby trip in there, we would recommend on the Chat Disney podcast to try and do it before nine months. However, if you're only going to be going to a Disney park sort of once, absolutely wait until your children are at least three, four years old. If you're traveling a really long distance, say from the UK to Orlando, I'd personally say wait till they're like five or six, especially if it's going to be a trip of a lifetime because you want to get as much engagement and and enjoyment and, you know, biggest bang for your buck with with your child. and, and, And so... That's kind of our recommendation based on Tasha's experience, based on our family holidays growing up and our friends and that sort of thing. So, with all of that in mind, that's how we made the decision to travel to Disneyland Paris with our son at the age of five, almost six months old. As I say, we're very fortunate, we're very lucky in that I know we're going to have the opportunity to take him to a Disney park in the future when he's a little bit older. So, the fact that he's going to have no recollection of this trip and that there's lots of attractions that he won't be able to ride, that has not not deterred us. So I do want to make that really clear. I'm absolutely not suggesting that everyone should take their six month old baby to a Disney theme park. I totally, totally get that it's a very different kind of beast. And as I say, we're very, very fortunate to be able to experience this knowing that he will get to go back one day when he's a little bit older. So February, 2024, five almost six month old baby me my husband we've also got my mum coming along with us on this trip as well it was really important to me that we got to do this as a family not just because you know Disney trips were a huge part of my childhood experience and I wanted to be able to kind of pay it back as it were and and and, and you know thank my mum I guess for um all of the kind of the, the magical moments that she gave me I wanted her to be able to experience my son and her grand son's first ever Disneyland experience, but also From a practical perspective, more hands are going to make this trip much more easy (laughs) for all of us. So I'm very aware that the trip is not going to be a typical Disneyland trip. I'm very aware that there are sacrifices I will likely have to make. Um, That said, obviously, if we've got help from a grandparent, then that's going to make life a little bit easier. If, for example, my son is getting grouchy, needs to go to bed and I want to... See the fireworks or something like that. It means that we've just got the option that my husband might head back to the hotel with our, our son early, or my mum might, or if my husband and I want to ride one of the coasters, say so Space Space Mountain, Spouse Mountain. See so I did there, husband? Space Mountain uh, together. Then my mum, who's not really into thrill rides, um, you know, she can go grab a coffee with the baby so it just gives us that element of flexibility and you know three is a crowd so me my mom my husband might be a bit of a strange combo so we have also cast the net a little bit wider and my sister and her boyfriend dom who have both appeared on the podcast in the past they will also be coming with us as well so it's a really lovely Family affair. Um, My dad very sadly passed away earlier this year. And again, it just feels like a nice thing to kind of do as a family, um, to spend time together. And it's the thing that we always did when we were growing up as a family as well. It's a really, really special place for me, my mum, and my sister. And we've kind of indoctrinated her boyfriend recently. Grumpy's still a little bit, you know, resistant to the cause, but we have managed to get him there. And then, as I say, we're indoctrinating my son with this first trip as well. So that's what the trip looks like. In a nutshell, that took me a lot longer to kind of divulge into than I had anticipated. So apologies for that. And so... That's the trip. We are going to be arriving on a Wednesday and we're gonna be leaving on a Saturday, which means we've got two full days and two half days, which feels like a nice sort of amount of time, nice and paced, which is great. We're going to be traveling by car, which as you know, in my opinion, is the only way to travel to Disneyland Paris right now, if you live in the South of England. Now that the Eurostar, the direct Eurostar has been disconnected um, or or discontinued, I I should say, um, this is always gonna be my preferred method of transportation, especially, especially if you have young children, it's going to be essential. We are going to load up the car with the pram, the carrier, possibly even his cot the sterilizer maybe even the formula prep machine depends how lazy i'm feeling depends how many bottles he's consuming at that point as well all of the merch that we're going to be coming home with you know the car is the way to travel if you have young children if you live in the south of england it's about six hours door to door we've actually already done a car journey that long with our baby we were visiting some family when he was just four weeks old and he smashed it he nailed it i'm not concerned about the car journey and the beautiful thing as well about a car a luxury that you don't have with a train or a plane or whatever is the fact that if we do need to stop we can do that and it's on our time our schedule we can get up and leave when we're ready to do so we can you know plan stops around feeds naps all that kind of stuff so i'm really confident in our choice of traveling by euro and as i say I, I think it was the right right method of transportation for our family and our circumstances so arriving on the wednesday leaving on the saturday And we're actually gonna be staying at two separate hotels. So our little group is going to be split. My sister and her boyfriend are going to be um, staying at the Hotel Cheyenne. And the reason for that is that they recently stayed at Sequoia Lodge together. They had their first Disneyland trip last year. And, or was it this year? Might have even been, it was this year in fact. Gosh, the years are just running away with us. Earlier this year, they experienced Sequoia Lodge together. And my sister's prior two trips, both of which were with me, she'd stayed at Newport Bay. So she definitely wanted a change of scene. She has stayed at New York and Cheyenne before, but she was a little girl and doesn't really have any memories of them. So she was kind of like, not that bothered. Same with Santa Fe. But yeah, she was kind of looking at New York, Art of Marvel. Her and her boyfriend haven't actually watched very many of the Marvel movies. In fact, I don't think her boyfriend Dom's watched any of them. So for the amount that you're paying, as much as she wanted to experience it, it kind of felt like a bit of a silly decision for them. So that's how they landed on Cheyenne. Myself, my mum and my husband decided that for us and the baby, Cheyenne probably wasn't the best option based on the fact that it is a little bit further. It's not that far, you know, it's still in walking distance. But we wanted to be a little bit closer to the magic, especially if we are going to be having to make frequent trips back and, and, uh, back and forth from the hotel. And we also wanted a swimming pool as well. So for those reasons, Cheyenne just wasn't a good fit for us. So that's the trip. That is the trip in... Nutshell and as I say, going to Disneyland Paris in 2024 is an experience that is going to look a little bit different, and I'm really excited about this. And the reason that a 2024 Disneyland Paris trip is glowing to look a little bit different is because of so many fun new announcements that have been made. There are lots of cool things happening in 2024, which I'm excited about, right? Because we know we're getting Frozen Land earliest 2025, and then there's more kind of expansion happening in the Walt Disney Studios part, but we actually still don't know what that looks like. So, you know, we we needed a reason to believe in a Disneyland Paris 2024 trip and we have some of those reasons right now so first of all very very sad on the 30th of September this year my sister's birthday bit of a coincidence there Disneyland Paris's 30th anniversary celebration sadly came to a close and that means that the dream and shine brighter parade is no longer there the amazing castle stage drone show is gone Still gutted that I didn't get to experience that my hen. There we are, moving on. But this does mean that Disneyland Paris have a fun opportunity to replace these much loved shows and entertainment feats with new, exciting things. And that's exactly what is going to be happening. So, Symphony of Colours has been announced for 2024. Now this is a programme for both parks, I believe, And we don't have that much information, unfortunately, at the moment. So we know there's going to be a new nighttime drone sequence, which I'm really, really excited. It was recently um, revealed and, as I say, really, really excited about this one. So... We know that the drone show is going to be loosely based on the Main Street Electrical Parade, which is a little bit of an institution when it comes to Disney parks and their entertainment. The Main Street Electrical Parade first debuted in California, and I've been very, very lucky enough to see it myself. I saw it in California in 2019. I've also seen the Main Street Electrical Parade in Disneyland Paris. So it used to be on in Disneyland Paris in the 90s. I think it was the first time I saw it. It must have been so... Really, really excited for this one. It's definitely a callback and it's definitely one for kind of the long-term or long-time Disney parks stands, especially with the fact that it's in Paris. You know, there's going to be a lot of people going to Disneyland Paris who don't know about the Main Street Electrical Parade or have heard of it. But have never actually witnessed it, experienced it themselves. But the drone show, as I say, is going to be based on that. And I can only imagine it's going to have that rather catchy music. That's like a terrible impression of it. It's much squeakier and shriller than that. Um, I'll save your ears. You can just go on Spotify, YouTube, type in Main Street Electrical Parade music, and yeah, you'll know. You'll know. Uh, My mum has a particularly uh, fond spot for that music irony intended there was complete sarcasm but there there we are so that's cool because as i've said already today and many other times on the chat disney podcast i sadly have never seen the drone show disney delights at disneyland paris because the two times that i attempted to see it it was rained off, or it wasn't even rained off. It was something to do with the military and airspace, but whatever. I digress. I've never seen the drones at Disneyland Paris. Bottom line, so I'm really, really hoping it, hoping that the the Symphony of Colors drone show is on when I'm there, and that nothing, nothing can um, stop the the drone show from happening. So I really want to see that. We also know now that there's going to be, again, as part of Disney's Symphony of Colors program, a brand new daytime show. And this one is gonna be replacing the um, Dream and Shine Brighter. So it's gonna be like a small kind of mini, mini parade, more like a cavalcade. I imagine it will be on multiple times a day. So if you can't make one showing, it'll probably pop up a few times in the main park. And what we know so far about the Symphony of Colors parade is that it's a brand new daytime show And it will have us dreaming along with songs, dances and stories performed by a host of Pixar and Disney characters. The show is going to be kicking off on the 10th of February and is going to be a colourful creation. Now, I really, really, really optimistically hope that this is the kind of parade that's going to be on multiple times like the Disney Dream and, and Shine Brighter. And the reason I say that is from a completely selfish perspective, which is the fact that the 10th of February is the day that I'm gonna be departing Disneyland Paris. And if that parade is on once at say 4 p.m., unfortunately, I'm gonna miss it because I need to be driving to Calais to make my shuttle. Now, normally I'm the kind of person who would stay till the last minute and would be very happy to catch the 1 a.m. shuttle back across from Calais into Kent and then, you know, getting home at like 4, 5 a.m., but I'm a mother now with a baby and that seems somewhat irresponsible. So my husband and I agreed that we would leave the park early and get a ferry at a, um, or a shuttle I should say at a more reasonable hour so that we can be home for kind of 9.30, 10 p.m. Like sensible parents now. God, who is this person? Anyway, so I'm really, really, really hoping. I mean, it would be just my luck, wouldn't it? That I'm there the day of the launch of the Symphony of Colours Parade. And I can't see it because I've got to go and catch a a tunnel. Um, (laughs) I'll just be really angry. But my sister and and, and her boyfriend are going to be staying in the park a little bit later than me and my husband and my mum and our son. So hopefully if if nothing else, they'll be able to catch it. But yeah, can you imagine? I mean, I totally can. As I say, it's just my luck that something like that would happen. But on the whole, I'm really excited about Disney's Symphony of Colours. I'm really pleased that with the ending of the 30th anniversary, Disney haven't just been like, yep, sorry, that's over, moving on, and not given us any new entertainment. It's fantastic that we do have new entertainment. I'm really thrilled about it. Good things to come for 2024 if you've got a trip booked. Something else that's happening in 2024 is the work in Walt Disney Studios that I kind of teased earlier is beginning. So we know that there are several phases to this project and it's actually all kicked off already. It began in October 2023 and will be concluding at the end of 2022. 25 now the biggest announcement that we've had is that studio one which is the big building that you first walk into when you enter the walt disney studios park this is going to be closing completely including all of its services so all of the merch stores all of the eateries the quick dines in there the toilets all of the facilities will be gone from the end of april 2024 until it reopens in the spring of 2025 and we have absolutely no visibility on why this is is i imagine it's going to turn that park into a slightly chaotic mayhem fiasco of a place because as i say there are toilets in there there's a quick dine in there some of the biggest stores are in there it's a huge walkway that ferries people to and from the park there are sort of side access alleyways that i've seen before in the walt disney studios park and i can only assume that that's going to be your entrance going in and out But honestly, I think that park, like it's one of those things, right? It's in a pretty bad way right now. And I think it's like gotta get worse before it gets better. Um, <laughs> I think. So, yeah, I just expect absolute mayhem in Walt Disney Studios from the end of April 2024 until spring twenty twenty five. Um, so that's all good. That's all good. But as I say, this is part of this transformative programme that's currently underway at Walt Disney Studios Park. And and the idea is that it's gonna, you know, ultimately, as I say, it's gonna get worse before it gets better. It's and, and I think Walt Disney Studios have, have dedicated the next few years to continually improving the visitor experience and to prepare the park Park for its future, which does sound bright. I am optimistic about the future of Walt Disney Studios. So as I say, traffic, I think it's going to be one of the biggest things that's impacted here. And I believe that the flying carpets over Agrabah attraction also will be slightly affected by the works as well. But at the moment, we really don't have any visibility on kind of what this is, what the studio is going to be turned into. I've definitely got some ideas about what I'd love to see do i think they're going to happen probably not but yeah it remains to be seen watch this space but something to bear in mind if you are traveling to Disneyland Paris next year we also know moving swiftly swiftly on that some other cool stuff is happening and this might sound really trivial in comparison to something like symphony of cover color cover i said i said cover because i've just spoiled what's coming next so let's go back and rewind symphony of color forget i said cover but if i had said cover it might be because of this there are some new covered terraces coming to disneyland paris this is a major major project and whilst it sounds super trivial i'm really really pleased about this By investing in things like more covered terraces, more places for visitors to be able to sit, relax, enjoy their experience, and not get damp from the Parisian rain, this means that they're actually investing money into guest comfort, guest experience. They're not gonna make any more money From casey jr having a dry seating area right it's not the same as putting a new e-ticket attraction in like the ratatouille attraction in walt disney studios which they know is going to drive more people or you know avengers campus that potentially is going to engage people who would never have even considered going to disneyland paris before having these like specific places to sit a little bit like the arcades we have in main street usa it's, it's really, really great because it is just purely, as I say, putting guest comfort front of mind. And we're going to see these, as I say, Casey's uh, Corner, which is our hot dog eatery on the corner of Main Street. Very famous, very iconic. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. They have one in Walt Disney World as well. So that's going to have a big Victorian-inspired covered terrace. so There's going to be lots of seating outside there, which is going to keep you dry. This is something I'm actually really worried about with my 2024 trip with the baby, especially because we're going in February, I'm like, what happens if it's cold and I need to take him inside for shelter? And all of the quick dines seem to be closed in low season. Like, where am I gonna take this baby to keep him warm? Uh, So more covered seating area to me is kind of music to my ears. And as I say, again, it's one of the reasons that we've chosen to stay at one of the Disney resorts a little bit closer than the Santa Fe, than the Cheyenne, because. We want to be able to nip back to the hotel if we need to, if we need somewhere for shelter. And also, um, the the park has recently added an extension to Bellanotta, which is one of the restaurants, one of the quick dines in Fantasyland. And the restaurant now is a little bit Luca inspired, which I love because it's keeping the Italian theme that that was there from from Lady and the Tramp before even though it's not set in Italy but we'll we'll ignore that and then of course Fuente del Oro has very famously been changed recently to Casa de Coco um Restaurant de Familia which basically means that it's like a big Mexican restaurant now, which it kind of always was, but it's serving very specific Mexican cuisine, like uh, churros, burritos, and it's got a cocoa theme, which is really, really exciting. We had seen cocoa elements at that restaurant in the past. They had like a big um, statue of the dog. I want to say Diablo, Dante, Dante. Um, Yeah, but now it is rebranded Casa de Coco. So as I say, these small changes, making restaurants bigger, updating the theming so it's refreshed, adding covered terraces. These are small little things that don't sound really exciting and certainly don't sound like a reason to make a trip for Disneyland Paris but basically what I'm trying to say in a very long and roundabout way is they're for our comfort, they're for our enjoyment and the shelter means that we should have a little bit more of an easy, comfortable, enjoyable experience the next time we frequent Disneyland Paris and I'm looking forward to that as I say, travelling with a young child, very very exciting. So that's pretty much all I wanted to share with you today. As I say, I've got an upcoming trip to Disneyland Paris. There's some cool stuff happening. But of course, the biggest of all, before I wrap up, is the reopening of the Disneyland Paris Hotel. Now, at the moment, it is not possible to book a reservation at the restaurants at the Disneyland Paris Hotel unless you are staying there. And I'm not sure how long this period is going to be for. So the Disneyland Paris Hotel actually will be open when I visit. And there are two restaurants, uh, the Lumiere restaurant and the Royal Banquet, which was previously Inventions, the character dining. And it, I, I heard somewhere but I can't remember where I saw this, that if you were staying at a Disney hotel, but not the Disneyland hotel, you could visit the Royal Banquet for lunch, but it doesn't seem like that's an option on the app. So I'm gonna keep you posted on that one. But Disneyland Paris hotel guests are able to book Lumiere for dinner and Royal Banquet for lunch and dinner. So very, very exciting for those people that are staying at that hotel. You've also got the crystal pool there as well i'm going to share a little bit more about this on our twitter at ChatDisneyUK uk because i know it's a very very hot topic of discussion right now mainly because the costs for this hotel are absolutely eye-watering there's a lot of controversy um about this but as i say if you head over to our twitter account um i will share some more deets about the disneyland hotel specifically for those of you that are interested in its reopening. And that pretty much is everything that I wanted to say on today's episode to update you all to let you know that I'm doing well I'm adjusting to my new and very uh, crazy life and that we do have a Disneyland Paris trip booked for 2024 with our baby and I will of course be covering all of the fun stuff when I get back and and probably doing a little bit more of a deep dive into planning and that kind of thing in the weeks prior to the trip letting you know where I'm eating which you know is always my my number one priority when I go to any Disney Park around the world. So, with all of that in mind, I'm now going to hand over to Tash for the final part of today's episode. It's been great, and I'll see you hopefully next week. Who knows? Who knows? I'm all over the place at the moment. But anyway, bye for now, and take it away, Tash.
1: So, I think you can all agree it's so nice to have Mercedes back on the podcast, and going forward, We will, of course, be recording together once again. It is just difficult to navigate at the moment with both our busy schedules, having very young children. But don't fear, it will not be like this forever. We will be back together recording, bringing you lots of exciting Chat Disney content very, very soon. And there's not going to be a segment for today's podcast. But as always, if you do want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Instagram at Chat Disney or Twitter at Chat Disney UK. And of course, it has been a while since Mercedes and I have been doing the podcast together. So please do get in touch and let us know if you have any questions or any suggestions for anything you want to see us talk about or discuss over the next few months. And that really does conclude today's episode. As always, we will be back the same time, same place next week. Bye for now. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye.